Thank you for listening to another episode of Pin the Q Podcast. We're preserving the culture and traditions of the fire service is our priority. For more information, visit www.pintheq.com and subscribe to Pin the Q Productions on YouTube. It's our honor to showcase the best of the bravest. Pin the Q Productions, Pin the Q Podcast. We're here in Pelham, New York, which is in Westchester County. Uh, really cool house with a lot of character. I am with the Chief. Chief, introduce yourself. I'm Chief Rob Banquet, Pelham Fire. Chief, thanks for coming on to the uh, show. Thank you. I appreciate it. First, thanks for having us. I appreciate you guys coming up. Yeah. This has been going on for a while now. We've been trying to, for a few years, we've been trying to get this off the ground. Yeah, but you Finally know, happened. Yeah, circumstances are they are what they are, and, and we're here. Obviously, with COVID, that, that put a squash on things, too. Yeah. Uh, nice to see things coming around. Absolutely. Absolutely. Chief, walk me a little bit through um, the dynamics of this fire department because uh, one, the fir- first thing I noticed is how awesome this building is as far as old historic culture. Right. Right. So this is actually the third firehouse in the district, in what was the fire district of Pelham. Um, the first two were next door in our parking lot. Um, this was built in 1927, um, and in 1975, the village of there was a village of North Pelham. Pelham Heights and the village of Pelham Manor. Uh, the village of Pelham and Pelham Heights, uh, North Pelham merged, and the fire district actually became part of the village. Um, and this is where we are today. What I liked about it is walking around with Chris, we got to see um, the building itself. And although it's it's definitely dated and it's, uh, past its prime, uh, it has a lot of character, you know, a lot, yeah. of, a lot of history of these walls could talk. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, all the architecture, um, the windows, how things were designed. Uh, years ago, this was the place where everybody wanted to go to. Um, I've spoken to some of the older members 
Um, they've told me that there used to be dances on the third floor, basketball games, um, pool games with five deep. Downstairs used to be uh, parties at all that times. That's so cool. So yeah, this is this definitely could be a lot of uh, great stories. Right, right. And it's neat when we just talk about like the walls could talk. Right. All that activity went on. I know when we were up there, we saw some of the photographs of like the basketball court yep. and like you said, the the dance and dinners and all that. Yeah. It must have been a crazy time up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was a whole different time. Um, you know, a lot of I'm trying to get the stories from a lot of the older right. guys, you know, who you know, giving me some good feedback, telling me who the, who's in the pictures, um, so that years from now we'll be able to have that that history go when we hopefully move across the street to our new building. Right, and and a new building is absolutely necessary. It's 100% we need, especially from you know having a look around. It's definitely needed. Yeah, we're you know we're in tight quarters here. Um, the bays are you know double long. Uh, the trucks that we have are the only ones that'll fit in these doors right now without just doing major work. Right. Um, so the hope is we move across the street, a little more modern building. We can get a little bit bigger, newer fire trucks, and actually utilize some of the trucks that are behind um, a little bit more than we can now. Oh, absolutely, yeah, and, and actually save a little money because you're all the custom work to get the trucks lower. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize the cost is involved in that. Right, right. So that's that's definitely a benefit to the city as well. Right, and you know the the fire department when it was here, um, it had been a volunteer uh, combination department. There were uh, nine paid firemen originally. Um, the job has changed now. Um, the volunteers, unfortunately, have um, gone away due to you know uh, commitments right. of time. Uh, we're now 19 career firefighters. Uh, that includes myself, and uh, they have, we have three on duty at all times. It's an officer and two lieutenant, uh, two uh, lieutenant, and two firefighters. Talk to me a little bit about um, because in, in speaking to some of the members here, you've kind of come all the way up. Talk so, to me about that. Yeah, I had two uncles that were volunteers here, um, and then one of the uncles actually became a paid fireman back in 1987. So as a kid, um, I lived two blocks away. When the fire alarm would go off, if I was able to get out in front of my house, they would pick me up and take me to calls. Oh, that's awesome. Or I would ride my bike, kind of just go buffing it. Um, so that kind of got me into it. And everybody would always say, what are you going to be when you get older? I said, I'm going to be a fireman. Yeah, yeah, okay. We always say that. Right. Um, I was lucky enough to follow my dream. Um, in 1998, I got, I should say 1995, I became a volunteer here, was a volunteer for three years, um, and then became a paid fireman in 1998, uh, became a lieutenant in 2011, uh, became the first captain here just last year in March, right before the pandemic hit, so that was kind of a... Uh, Interesting way to get introduced to my new position. Uh, Absolutely, a lot yeah. more responsibilities. Yeah, it's like getting thrown right into the fire. No pun intended. Like now, now you have a pandemic to deal with. Right, right. You know, not knowing what what was going to happen tomorrow. How was you know what was going to happen the next day. Right. Um, and then subsequently, the current chief at the time, uh, who was our first paid chief, uh, decided to retire in May of this year, and I became the first, the second full time chief. Wow. So now you're like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, all these come, new challenges right after another. Right? Yeah, come you know, kind of come full circle. But I've had a great bunch of guys that have um, led me through my career right. and have given me the tools to get where I am today. And I think I've been set up for you know a lot of success. And my hope is as the chief to kind of give that back to the guys you know under me. And I got a great group of guys. And, and you know that last statement is what what matters. I mean, you know, you trust in the people that work for you; they trust you. That, right. I mean, that's how this works. I mean, uh, it all starts at the top especially with good leadership, which obviously that's going on here. Yeah. I mean, you, you hear most chiefs tell you, I've heard a few guys talk about it. When you're on the truck with the guys, they trust you because you're on that truck. They know you. Now I'm taking that step away from being on the truck. So now I'm the one that has to make those decisions on what, what we're going to do a little bit more right. and trust my officers. And I have a great group of officers that they're, you know, they're ready to go. And I, I know they're, they're capable and they're good. Absolutely. So. 
what what was like for you? Tell me on a personal level, what it was like for you to get made, you know, initially you made lieutenant. Like, that's a big deal, right? And and we don't often talk about those little successes. Talk to me about that. So for me, I was a young guy. Um, we never had officers here. Uh, we always had volunteer chiefs, volunteer officers. So the village at the time decided to make originally two lieutenants. Um, our union asked to make four. They agreed. Um, so five of us interviewed for the positions. Um, and we went through the interview process. They only made three, and I wasn't uh, accepted time. And I understood, you know, they kind of talked to me about it. And um, so I kept working hard. You know, I I worked with one of the guys who did become a lieutenant. He actually kept me as his driver on the engine um, because we transitioned. We used to have um, a firefighter on the rescue, a firefighter on our ladder, and a firefighter on our engine. We made the officers. We actually went to one officer and a firefighter on the engine and one one firefighter on the truck. Gotcha. So I became his driver, and that, that was a lot of responsibility here in Pelham as right. the MPO. You know, you may be communications, you may be stretching lines, you may be putting a ladder up. So there's a lot of you know trust in that for me. Um, so it helped me kind of mold myself and position myself to keep working. Then I finally got promoted in 2011. Yeah, and that's another another huge accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. But it was it was good, but it took a lot of work. You know, right. and that's the thing. It's like you you know you never stop working, you never start learning, you never stop learning. Uh, every day. If anyone comes into this job thinking that they're done learning, they're done with the job, yeah. really. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's every day is something that, um, you know, like I said, is becoming the captain in a pandemic. You know, there, that was things none of us... There's no playbook. No, there's not. Right. We, we made it on the fly. Right. And, you know, right. everything was, you know, phone calls and figuring out things. So it was, it, was, it was a good experience to position me for my next role as chief. What do you say as the fire department chief to your, to your residents, to your city? What do you say to them? Um, you know, we want them to be safe. The best part is I grew up here. So for us, I think it actually brings a great piece into our job. Um, we go on a calls when people are having their worst days. Absolutely. And they've, you know, they're stressing out. They see a familiar face and it kind of starts to calm down already. So especially on medical calls, that's that's a big comfort for them. Right. Um, you know, and, and the majority of the guys here actually grew up in this town, went to school together. Which is great. So, you know, it's a familiar face at any place you go. I think uh, one of the things you got going for you is just that, that a lot of people um, from the community know those familiar faces right. and then you know your guys in the job all grew up together as, as far back as grade school yeah. and now they're in the house together which right. makes for a fun time <laughs> It does. and also it does. makes for you know knowing each other and having serious time. Yeah and that's that's the biggest thing I mean we're a small job so right. you know unlike these bigger jobs where you got you know eight ten guys in a firehouse you're with three right. for 24 hours so it's you know you're gonna make or break what you're getting. Um, so this, you know, that, that camaraderie is great because we've had that basis. Um, and the biggest thing for us too has been our Instagram. Absolutely. For a lot of years, um, you know, people don't know what the fire department does. We right. had a lot of people move from New York City who they know that they see a fire truck, they see a, a cop car and they see an ambulance, but they never know that there's actually a station here mm-hmm. until we show up and they're like, oh, where, you know, where are you guys from? We're like, oh, we're on Fifth Avenue. So that's been another big point of, of us doing that Instagram is to get the word out as you know, who we are, what we do. Um, you know, when there's been questions about, hey, the fire department just bought this new tool, what is that? Right. We've been able to now showcase that tool, huge. whether it's a call or a training, and people are like, oh, that's what they use it for, okay. And that's, that's been huge for us. Absolutely, yeah. You know? uh, we had a Girl Scout a few years ago who did a project for us. She actually raised money and bought us a brand new set of airbags. Wow. And you know, everybody's like, oh, you know, what do you, what do you need for them? Like, it's only one time. And subsequently, shortly after she got them, we wound up using them at a call. And I told oh, her, I said, great. see, there you go. Yeah. 
and this is the reason we need this equipment. Right. And that's huge. I, you had a Girl Scout. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And I think that really ties in your community. You know, yep. when you have someone doing that, which is which. Is really yeah, I mean, and we do outreach to all the community groups, so you know, we have that tie-in too. So. You know, it's great when somebody, a kid wants to give back to their community and figures out a way to do it through the fire department or the police department. Uh, absolutely. So. so, Chief, where would you like to see the department, let's say, five years? What's your five-year plan for You know, I know that there's a big talk about maybe some sort of regionalization. Um, for this job, uh, you know, hopefully to grow a little bit more on the manpower side right. um, because we are, at the, you know, very minimum. Um, there is a lot of growth going on. Um, where we stand today, uh, maybe 127 unit. Um, apartment house in the next wow. couple years. Um, the neighbors to our north and south of us, they're putting up skyscrapers. So I think you're gonna see a lot more of um, intermunicipal work together, uh, a lot more dual responses. But that's that's where I'd like to see and really expand this job. Um, you know, we've come where I said we had no officers to lieutenants, captain, chief. Um, and I wanna keep that going, you know, keep the guys motivated to keep moving up. I'm glad you said that because you know what's going to happen. Guys are going to do that. Yeah. You know, guys are going to say, hey, there's a lieutenant spot. Hey, there's a captain spot. There's a chief spot. So all that growth forward is, is awesome. Yeah, that's that's what we want. We want guys yeah. to be in the books and not be kind of complacent that, hey, this is all we have. Right. Um, so that's that's where I'm hopeful. And, and you know, it's a, we have a very young job. That That's a that's a tough message to get out. Um, you know, we were talking earlier about senior men. Right. And, you know, some of the best senior men were never officers. Right. They, you know, they they ran the the job. You know, that kitchen down here. Um, myself as a boss, I was actually lucky to have two senior guys work under me, um, and I didn't have to worry about coming down. Yeah, take care of things. It should never get to you. No, you two good senior guys in the house. And everything goes to the senior guy, and it right. should die there, really. Yeah. And if it goes beyond that, then it has to go beyond that. But most of the time, senior men in the house can really. Right, and that's, and that's what we, you know, that's what we want to see yeah. in some of these young guys because now you're transitioning to where a guy with 10 years on the job or less is now your senior man. Right. So, a lot of what the senior the stories and, and training the senior men had now are coming out of your guys with 10 years or less. So they have to, you know, figure things out a little bit more, and and they don't have that experience. Right. You know, that's the one part that everybody will tell you. Well, I don't have the experience. Right. Okay. Well, by doing, you know, looking, reading up. Um, you, know, you guys have done a great job putting this information out. There's a ton of guys out there doing great work right. that put stuff up and you know give a little tip here, a little tip there, and, that, and that's going to help. Absolutely, mm -hmm. Chief. I really appreciate you talking to us, uh, having us in your house, and oh. giving us an inside look at the fire department here. Um, it's really impressive from the outside, but even more impressive inside, especially getting to talk to you, having breaking bread with the guys in the house. Yeah, no, so, thank you. For thanks coming. so much, Chief. Thanks. I appreciate it. Julian Kaiser, I'm a retired member of this department. I retired as a fire lieutenant back in 2013 after almost 33 years of service. I just brought a real nice. Talk to me a little bit about what it was like for you uh, to get on the job here in Pelham. What was it like? Well, I became a, well, I'm going to back up a minute. My father used to be a fire district here. We had two villages, no longer, but back in the day, so to speak, it was a fire district. My father was retired from his job uh, at the Associated Press, and he became secretary to the fire commissioners, the fire board here. And um, I got to start spending time here as a kid, so I kind of lived in this firehouse uh, for the years that he was involved in the board. 
And then when I became old enough, I became a volunteer back in 1974. Tell me what it was like for you to actually get on the job. You know, it was like a lifelong dream, really. Um, I never, when I was younger, I was never certain I would actually do it. And I was actually working in the city at the New York Daily News at the time, back when newspapers were popular. Right. And uh, I had taken all the tests in Westchester for all the different jobs, but had the residency here in Pelham. And uh, got the call one day that, uh, you know, my number was up, so to speak, and came in for an interview and got a call back the next day and was the then chief of the department and he said, if you want the job, it's yours. And you didn't hesitate. I was a little tongue-tied for a minute just because, <laughs> uh, you know, I felt like it was a life-changing moment. Absolutely. And it was. It was. It was, right? You I know, mean, so. People often refer to it as, as a hidden lottery yeah. when you get that call. So talk to me a little bit about what it was like when you got on the job here. It's, I mean, you see what it is now. Right? Yes. How different was it when you got on the job? Uh, it was very different. Um, job's fully career now. It was a combination department when I began to volunteer, obviously, when I got on the job. Uh, the volunteers were still a major you know, part of the force here. And it was just different. And the guys that were on the job here, many of them had been here, you know, 20 years already. And it was kind of like a regime that was about to end. And myself and uh, a fellow by the name of Louis Raffio both got hired here at the same time. And that kind of, over the next couple of years, started the ball rolling towards kind of a different direction. What do you feel like the, the fire service means as far as the history of keeping tradition alive, keeping culture alive at a house, and just looking around here, this, this house has got a lot of years on it, right? Yes. Um, talk to me a little about what it means to you as far as the history of the fire service and keeping tradition alive. Well, you know, it's important. Uh, as you know, it's, um, it, it's a big part of what we do. And, uh, you know, like anything in life, I think, you know, you have memories of the way things were and you know, they're good memories in a lot of ways. Uh, one of the, might be like a side story, but one of the things that I really noticed, I feel like when I was a kid or even when I got hired, you look at the apparatus here, back in the day, you could always tell the difference between the various apparatus. They all had like a distinct personality. American La France, you recognized that it. it was went down the street, Mac, Maxim, all these different rigs that went by and now, you can't tell the difference. Right. One goes by, you can't tell. I don't know what that is. Is that a Seagrave? It's Ferrara? Right. So there's something lost with the personality of the apparatus, I feel like now. But um, That's you know, a great point. Yeah. You know, because you're right, everything is so modernized right. now that in back in the day, you're right. actually right. You knew a Mac. If I saw a CF Mac, I knew right. immediately. Yeah. America and France Mac. had the thing with the headlights. Right. You recognized them. Now, I can't tell the difference between anything. Everything looks the same. Looking back at the job, and when you were, before you made lieutenant, and you were a senior man in the house, tell me about what you thought your responsibility was as a senior man in the house. Well, really, the way we operated here, a senior man was kind of like an acting officer. And 
everybody kind of felt that way. So you looked up to whoever, you know, the senior person was on the shift and they were in, a, in effect an acting lieutenant. So really when I did get promoted, it was great to get promoted and it was great that they finally recognized we needed officers here. But to me, it was kind of a seamless, you know, thing because I had already been acting like in charge of my group. Would you say uh, when you were on a job compared to now uh, that we've lost some of the uh, the family aspect as far as doing everything together outside of the job? Or do you see it as the same today? Um, well, you got to remember, I've been out now since 2013. I mean, I still come down here a lot. I live an hour away, but I still come down here a lot and socialize with people. Um, when I was still working here, I think we did a lot of stuff together and I can't really speak for these guys now, but you know, whether they do or not, I'm not sure, but I still come down to visit and you know, it really is like a family in a lot of ways. And you know, I definitely miss that kind of culture, right. the firehouse kitchen and all that stuff. Talk to me about what the fire service means to you, you personally, what does it mean? Well, it's kind of like a calling. Really, it's, uh, you know, just like the priesthood or, you know, it's something that it's not for everybody. You got to be a little crazy, actually, I think, to do it. And um, But it's a, you know, the most rewarding career you could ever imagine. For you, we talk about the word rewarding and it literally brings me to my next question. And that is, what has been the most rewarding part of this job for you? Looking at 33 years on the job, long time, right? So that's a hard question to ask you for one thing. That was rewarding, but what comes to mind? Um, I don't think there's any one thing in terms of like an incident or anything, but the one thing that was very rewarding took place over the entire time I was here, and that was the kind of transition of this place from the old days to what it is now. And we just had a great group of guys that, you know, really got involved in union matters, you know, and we worked hard off the job. We all became EMTs. We got involved in emergency medical services. We had a couple of very difficult contract negotiations where we had, you know, not gotten a pay raise in like three or four years. And, you know, we fought our way through it all and made the job started to make the job what it is today. We made it much better than it was than I walked through the door. What a humbling thing to say, uh, that your greatest memory of the fire service for you was watching the place grow and the transition of the department. So yes. I, I applaud you for that, uh, it's a great answer. So before I let you off the hot seat, tell me what it's like to be retired because we don't often ask questions about being off the job and being retired. Walk me through it. What's it like to be retired and be on the outside looking in now? Um, it's different. Um, you know, it's interesting as, as an officer, I kind of feel like once an officer, you're an officer for life. You know, I feel like if I was walking down the street right now and, you know, smoke was coming out a window or something, I'm still an officer. I would still be looking, you know, for like the safety or, you know, my head would be, the wheels would be turning. What do I need to do, you know? And, but, you know, you are on the outside. And I, I miss a lot of things from the job, but I don't regret leaving. It's a young person's job. I left at 58. And, you know, a job like this, where you're just working with three or four people, you really 
need to be in physically good shape and be able to, you know, handle a lot with, with a small crew. So at the time I decided to leave, I just started to feel like it was time. You know, it's a young person's job and, you know, if you're in a bigger job, New York City, where you're working with 40 other people on a first alarm assignment, maybe a little longer. <laughs> but when you're working with three people, you know it's done. And each each and every person's counting on you. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Um, if you had one opportunity to say something to the guys you used to work with, whether they're with us or they're not with us, what would you say? I would say if you really want to enjoy your career in the fire service, it's not just while you're here. Even when you go home, you should be doing stuff for this job, helping out the union or, you know, learning or, reading Fire Engineering Magazine or, you know, meeting with other firefighters from other jobs. And it, it doesn't end when you walk just because your shift is over. Absolutely right. Yeah. Brother, I appreciate you talking to us for a little bit and uh, telling us your story. No problem. Thanks, pal. All right. Hey guys, welcome back, Helm, New York, and we are here now with the Lieutenant, and we have been trying to do this for a while. Since what, 2019? Yeah, 2019, they yeah. started talking about this, and then uh, everything happened, and here we are. Yep. And I got an opportunity to talk to the Chief, which was awesome. Yep. Bro, tell everybody who you are. Uh, my name's Frank Valentoni, um, born, raised, educated, right here in the village of Pelham. I work here. Uh, I've been here for the last 11 years as a career fireman. I was here for a volunteer about six years prior to that. Okay. That's awesome. So it's pretty safe to say your feet are planted here. Planted. Right? Frank, we talked a lot um, over the years, you know, uh, through social media and trying to get the word out about the fire department and uh, the way you did that was through social media. Talk to me a little bit about uh, what that journey was like for you. Um, so we started, you know, when I started here, there was there was a, there was a Facebook page. It wasn't really active. The guys were putting some important information out. It wasn't like it is today where everyone's consistently in everyone's face. Um, and through the years from being here, I noticed that nobody really knew what we did here. Um, the residents, you know, other jobs, nobody really knew what Palm Fireman actually did. So from there, I noticed there was a need for it. And it's, you know, in my opinion, having a social media page for your department or EMS agency, police department, it's the best free advertisement that you can have. Yeah, absolutely. Would you say it's paid dividends for your department? Um, yes, it's definitely changed the perception of us a little bit, uh, you know, amongst other jobs, uh, definitely changed amongst the residents. And, you know, even incoming administration, you know, we do change officials every two years here. So some of them already seen us out there, um, like our page, follow our page, and kind of know a little bit about what we do on a daily basis, which, which kind of helps us to educate them once they get here. LT, talk to me a little bit about um, some of the new technology I have here at the fire department. Um, so, 
Some of the newer stuff that we're carrying every day on the rig, we have the new uh, battery powered Hamacho tools, which are a home run. Um, we have a newer airbag system that was donated to us, which is a home run. Um, we're slowly advancing into, you know, the drone world a little bit. Um, we do have a thermal imaging unit that we're slowly working on getting out there that we talked about. Um, we have used it. We've been we've used it probably four or five times in the last year uh, successfully. Now you're one of the first in the area that got the drone, right? Talk to me about that. It was us and a several, a few other, one other fire department. The police departments were a little bit ahead of us on it, and uh, which is kind of a good thing um, because we all talk about it. So I consistently keep in contact with all the pilots that are using this technology. Um, fire PD, we're kind of all one little community because the technology hasn't hit here yet um, fully. It's here, right. but it's really not out there. It's not getting used every day. Um, so we were fortunate enough to start a program. Uh, it's still building slowly. Um, it's, you know, technology. Right, right. You, know, you buy something two weeks later, it's yeah, outdated. It's yeah. So, I mean, you know, we have the capability to do it um, slowly. Gonna start training guys, getting them involved with that a little bit more too. So it's just another tool, a small job that we can offer. Now, you, you uh, downplay that quite a bit. You know <laughs> the fact that you have a drone here because there's not a lot of fire departments that uh, that operate the drone. Um, walk me through uh, your need for the drone and why you felt that the drone would help benefit um, you more. So, drone was a game changer, and then they started coming out with them with thermal. Right. So I started looking at it as something a smaller job could do and deploy with one to two people, you know, preferably two or three, but we could possibly do that if need be. Right. Um, eventually, once we get everyone trained, licenses, you know, all that other stuff, it could eventually be something that just rolls out the door if needed. And this is just another opportunity uh, to better serve your community here in Pelham on top yeah. of neighboring and surrounding communities. Absolutely, absolutely. It, it, is, it's, it is mutual aid available. Um, to PD, FD, whoever needs it. Right. Um, we have used it here. It gives you a little bit more situational awareness. Um, you know, we had you know, we had a car accident a few years ago, uh, last year actually. The car went over down a 15 foot wall. So we're down about 15 feet. Our main drag is up here. So we're all operating down here. Right. Three or four guys, you know, plus our recall guys were maybe six total. So what we did was we launched the drone after the patients were stabilized and just did thermal canvas of the area because it went right through, you know, a park, wow. uh, restaurant seating was right there. So it kind of, without having to spread the manpower out, we did have people on the ground looking too, but this right, kind of- it's just a tool on it's top just, of, right? It's a tool. I mean, it's not, never, it's never going to replace manned aviation. It's right. never going to replace people, but it was just something we could do quickly to just do an overall scan to make sure that, you know, we had no heat signatures like, God forbid, somebody did get hit in the process and launch 20 feet. We were right. able to cover a big amount of ground in a little bit of time. I, I think that uh, that kind of technology on the forefront, especially in the fire service, is awesome. And the fact that you guys wanted to do that here shows you're progressive. Yeah. And, and uh, in an ever-progressing world, it's, it's awesome that you guys have that technology. Yeah. Uh, LT, one of the things I loved about uh, in speaking to you is that, you know, off-camera you told me that, you know, you're working with a lot of the guys that you went to elementary school with yeah. all the way up. Um, you know, what, what's that like to work with the guys that you literally grew up with? Uh, it, it's a good time. You know, it's uh, <laughs> Makes for high school, kitchen table talk. Yeah, yeah, high school never ended. No, yeah. it's, uh, I feel it makes us better in the street. Uh, it makes us better here because we know each other. 
we actually, not that people don't care where they work, we care a little bit more because our parents live here, our grandparents live here, our aunts and uncles live here. Uh, you know, so we, uh, there's that. This is exactly what we're and talking this about. Is, this is the, that, that's, that's, what, that's what makes the... That, that's that, exactly it. That's what makes fire service awesome. Yeah. So, so, so you feel like having those uh, people you've grown up with uh, is a benefit to you and also to the community. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, as Chief said earlier, you're, a lot of times you're helping people you know or you've seen in passing, or you've known growing up here, or somebody you knows family member. So for us, it's it's more personal. Absolutely. Uh, being, growing up in this town, going to school in this town, growing up together, playing on teams together, then coming here, which essentially is a team, and it kind of just, you know, it all falls into place. I mean, two of the guys, you know, three of the guys working today, like, went to kindergarten all the way through high school with. You yeah, know, that's awesome. Remain friends, and then we all slowly made our way here, which, yeah, it's a good thing. It's Absolutely, a good thing because yeah. you know, gives you a little bit more sense of pride in the community in general and the work you're doing. And what's what's pretty impressive too is like we, even with your recall list. I mean, all your guys are, are very very close to home. So in a minute, you got guys in the firehouse for recall list, and then I think your furthest guy away is only 15 minutes. Yeah, right? 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. So that that's not that's pretty rare, I think, in fire service where everyone's so close for your for your, you know your second engine. Yo, absolutely. I mean, it just you know. It's the way we're manned, you know, our minimum is three. So we rely on those guys coming in and getting, you know, just even being relief on the line, right? right. You know, and, you know, I've done it. All the guys in the kitchen here have done it. It's, uh, you know, you're there by the time guys are ready to come out. You know, I mean, hopefully, yeah, yeah. hopefully guys are available. Makes you know you got people behind you, right? Yeah, I mean, but we have, you know, group chats, you know, all the messaging apps with or, uh, you know, we use the IAR and stuff right. like that. And the message gets out there. You have guys calling here. It, it, it happens and it happens pretty fast. Um, you know, you'll get 10 guys here within 10 minutes if needed, you know, if, it, if it's a job. What, what's been the, the most rewarding part for you so far in the fire service? I mean, because, you know, we talked about it before and you're like coming up, right? And it never really shuts off the fire service. Right? I know for <laughs> yeah. me it doesn't. And you talked about it. Yeah. It it's, uh, what's rewarding for you? For me, it was just getting this job was, was uh, it's where I wanted to be. Um, I realized it, I think, at a real early age. And uh, the way I got the job was, you know, a little unorthodox. Uh, we kind of just, the chief at the time, just kind of announced it at a board meeting when the chief got promoted to lieutenant. Right, right. And uh, did my CPAT on a, on a uh, Saturday. And, and by Tuesday, I had the job. A lot. And uh, it was, you know, it's where I wanted to be. You know, I mean, I, I was... I came down here on my 18th birthday to sign up to be a, as a volunteer, yeah. so I knew I. Uh, it's like you're count, counting down the days, you know, that you can join the fire department. So that, yeah, that's awesome. you know, like you said, hitting, getting this job is hitting the lottery. Yeah, you absolutely. know, it, uh, this job owes you nothing. Right. You know, it's uh, it's a good thing. Yeah, it's humbling too. Yeah. You know, what's it like for you to work with some of the guys you work with here? I mean, what's that like for you? It's it's great. They're all a great group of guys. You know. Uh, Everyone has their own special, you know, talent or insight, you know, and, you know, being in this position too, you kind of need to see things from everyone else's perspective as well, whereas I see something one way, you know, somebody else might see it a different way and that way it might work, right. you know, so you need to be able to adapt not only to their opinions, but your opinion, you know, you need to kind of maybe even put those together. Right. So, but having that prior friendship and relationship with guys here makes it easier to have that conversation in the heat of the moment, you yeah. know, um, it just makes it flow where 
You know, I mean, we had we had a car into the river. You know, we had a small little river, but we had a car into the river on its side. Something totally out of the ordinary for us. But the communication was key. We just knew and we were able to have those decisions where this might won't work, this might work, this will work. You know, and luckily with three guys, we were able, you know, we had mutual aid coming to give us a hand because, you know, it's three or four of us, but right. you know, these guys, you know, they did it. Yeah, you awesome. know, the guys did it. Absolutely. You know, and uh, it's huge. You know, my job is to look out for what they're doing and uh, they just, you know, they did it. And, and everyone's, it's like a well machine. Everybody's doing what they're supposed to do. Everyone looks like rock stars. Yeah. You know, if you're a civilian looking in on an assignment and everything's going smoothly, that's a good day. Yeah, always, always, you know, and uh, that's 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 the benefit I feel working here, working with, you know, with, with the guys I grew up with. I mean, even some of the guys, the guys who transferred in, like, they just molded, you know, it's just, it's good. So you're telling me uh, off camera about this house, uh, you know, people wanting to come to this house for a particular reason. What is that reason? So, <laughs> I've had people come knock on the door, you know, and they say, is that the engine from Third Watch, the last season? <laughs> and the this answer is. is yes, it is. This was in the last season of Third Watch. I didn't know that. I had to ask uh, the chief at the time if it was true, because he uh, was part of Speckin, you know, getting, getting this rig for us. And uh, before it came to us, it was uh, used in NBC for the last season. Then it was a demo vehicle. Then it came to us. So we obviously made it fit to our needs, you know, right. like taking out like a high volume pump, you know, adding some apartments on the side, but for everyone asking, this <laughs> so is, I mean, there there's, is. there's, so you're curious and you're like, Hey, that looks familiar. That's, that's the reason. Yeah. Why. Yeah. So I found that out probably four or five, when I started the Instagram, right, is right. when I found that out. It's because people were coming here and people were messaging us and I'm like, no idea what you're talking about. Right. Right. And I, that's where this came from. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, you can see all the, you know, cities insignias and stuff on there. It's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, before I let you off this hot seat, right? Because I know you're like, ah, I just want to be done with this. Um, talk to me a little bit about uh, what it means to you to be in the fire service and you know how you got to where you're at. Um, it's just something I always wanted to do. You know, uh, this was the goal. Uh, funny enough, as a child, I was uh, terrified to see uh, you know, these guys used to come around because my, my parents' house was right around the corner. Right, right. I sat on the fire truck and it was a, uh, it's a crippling fear as a kid. Really? Yeah, funny enough. And then um, my mom's good friend, her husband was a lieutenant in the city of Nershaw. Took me in there a few times, walked me around, got me a little comfortable, I guess, got me over the fear. And then by like the time I was 14 years old, like I just had the, like the bug, I guess. You know, it's just like, this was the goal. It wasn't college. It wasn't. It was this, and it was fire here. Service, right? You know, so it's. Uh, you know, like I said, getting this job for me was like getting a lot of. So this is an opportunity for you to talk to someone that uh, you've never met, right? And they say to you, "Hey, tell me about the fire service. You know, what do you tell them? What is the fire service? It's a good job. It's a great job. Uh, you get to come here and possibly make a difference for somebody. Right. You know, you get to come here and." pass on the knowledge that was passed on to you to the future uh, of this job. Uh, you know, it's tradition what keeps the ball rolling, pretty much. Absolutely. Last question. Here <laughs> it is. Um, talk to me about Pelham. What does it mean to you? It's, uh, it's home. You know, I mean, I grew up in the house my mother grew up in. You know, she's, she still lives there. Uh, you know, some of the apartment buildings that we responded to was my mother's first apartment. 
My brother works here. You know, my mom teaches here. You know, my dad, you know, came to this country at 35 years old, or 34 years old, and made this his home, made a living, raised us here. You know, it's, uh, it's a good place. That's awesome, man. Listen, I want to thank you for, uh, you know, making this happen. No, no Having this opportunity to come check out the fire department in, uh, in your house. And these guys, the kitchen table is awesome, man. These guys are awesome. I had a good time. And uh, the chief, you know, having an opportunity to talk to the chief and stuff. What you have here, um, from what I've seen, and Chris and I talking, uh, it's something special, right? Yeah. It's something special. And the camaraderie and the brotherhood and the, the way that this place kind of comes together. It doesn't matter how old the, old the building <laughs> yeah. is and if it's falling apart and if there's you know, bushes growing into it. Uh, what matters is what's going on inside, right? Yeah. Uh, and you guys. And you guys are killing it. So. Yeah. I'm Thanks. looking forward to seeing even more success and yeah. more growth in the fire department. I'm glad. I, you know, I'm glad. You know, it's getting seen. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I try to put it out as much as I can. Yeah, well, you got to see it here, right here at Pendicue Productions. And uh, again, thanks so much, brother. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. All right, guys, thanks so much for popping in with us in Pelham, New York, which is in Westchester County. We have more coming at you. Stay tuned. for listening to another episode of pin the q podcast brought to you by pin the q productions visit us at www.pintheq.com